Greetings from Orlando. It's a real joy to be able to share from the scriptures with you today. And if you have your Bible, I invite you to open it up to Joshua chapter 1. Also going to be referring to a text from Luke 24, but our main passage will be from Joshua 1, so I invite you to read along with me. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea in the west shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that's written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much. I'm grateful for friends all over the country, wherever people are listening to this. We ask God that you would open our minds, our hearts, our very beings at this moment so that we might truly ponder these beautiful words of life that you've given us in the scriptures and that by them we might be transformed and become better disciples of Jesus for the sake of the world. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I live in Orlando, and what, a, what an amazing time, right? It's a combination of scary times. I think 2020 is going to be remembered for many things. It's going to go down in history, right? But I wonder if 2020 is going to be remembered primarily in church history as the year that we finally lived out the deepest meaning of Jesus's resurrection. I want to speak with you for a few minutes about that. And what did you think? What did you think I was going to say that 2020 is going to be remembered for something else? How about that we got the resurrection for the first time and lived into it? I want to talk with you about courage, fear, and God's future. And here's the one takeaway that I would like you to try to remember it's this courage is the key that unlocks the future of God's dreams it's hard to dream right now I I, I went yesterday on Easter Sunday I'm recording this on uh, on Monday morning but on Easter Sunday afternoon I decided that I needed to get out of the house we're locked down here around here 
And so I went for a ride in my car and went driving around and I live pretty close to the Orlando International Airport. So I headed west and I went right into the tourist area of Orlando. I live right on the periphery of it. And so if many of you've been to Orlando, there's a kind of a famous street infamous because it's literally just tourist trappy stuff. It's where Universal Studios and if you take it all the way down, you get down to the Disney area, but it's called International Drive. And International Drive literally has hundreds of hotels with thousands of rooms, hundreds of restaurants, hundreds of gift shops. And I drove there yesterday because I wanted to see what's it look like. And I wasn't quite prepared for how barren it was. I don't think I ever got there and got back to my house faster. The lights were, the traffic lights weren't even on because they weren't even needed. And it was literally a ghost town where typically it's bumper to bumper traffic. And there are hundreds of thousands of people completely empty, dead. And as I did that, I thought of what it must have been like for the first disciples. I mean, they were bunkered in. When you read the stories after Jesus's death, they're terrified. They're all bunkered in. And one of my favorite passages is, is Luke 24. It has those wonderful stories. But my favorite verse in that whole section is the section where uh, the, the disciples are kind of bunkered in. They're starting to hear rumors that maybe Jesus is alive. And Jesus just appears to them, and they're absolutely terrified. And uh, Jesus is asking them why they're frightened and showing them his hands and their feet, and, and, and they just don't get it. And then in, in Luke 24, verse 41, you have this incredible pat verse where it says, while in their joy, they were disbelieving. Or another way to translate that is, they were disbelieving because of their joy. In other words, they're looking at Jesus, they're seeing him, but they couldn't believe that it was really him because it, it was too good to be true. In the world that we find ourselves in right now, our world desperately needs a, wor a, a, wor a, a word. I mean, I know pastors just exhausted because they've had to amp up over these last couple of weeks to put things online. Colleagues trying to work their classes. Students are trying to worry about not getting sick, getting schoolwork in. We have children in the house now, so it it's makes it difficult for parents to get their things. People are scrambling in the stores and even panic buying. And there's just, the world is full of anxiety, fear wondering if things are ever going to get better. And I want you to think about that. What happens when we, when we, when we have fear in our lives? And I wrote, I wrote this word up here, and, uh, and you know what, what fear does? Fear makes our world really small. Fear constricts us. Fear disempowers us. And, that, and that's even true for us as the people of God, because we, we know that Jesus is alive. But I've just seen fear, anxiety, exhaustion, burnout, uh, wondering what's going to happen in the future. When we forget that Jesus' resurrection is the future, right? That the future is absolutely under control. That doesn't mean it, it, we, we have 
complete safety in the present, but we can't let fear constrict us. I almost wore a mask this morning, not to make fun of anything, but, you know, parts of the counties where I live, you actually have to wear a mask to go outside, which just makes it look astonishing. It's like everywhere you go, you're at a hospital now. And I know it's for safety, but in the sense that you just, just manifest fear. You know, instead of being the invincible people of God, suddenly we feel vincible. Instead of focusing, when we're afraid, instead of focusing on the infinite possibilities of God's infinite and wonderful future, we are suddenly feeling quite finite. Instead of being robust and anti-fragile, we're, we're fragile and we're longing. Do we wish the old days would just come back? One of John Wesley's famous quotes, it was from a letter that he wrote, I believe it was in 1777. He said this, spoke directly about fear, because fear makes our life small. We don't want to live in a little box. We want to live in the abundant world that God's given us. Wesley said, give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not a straw whether they be clergymen or laymen. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. I don't know about you, friends, but when everything suddenly opens up again, and it will, I don't want to have taken all this time all bunkered in, terrified, and then to think that suddenly I'm going to go from being a terrified disciple to becoming a world changer. So how can we be ready? And, and if you think about the timing, we're now in Eastertide, it's roughly 50 days to Pentecost. I believe Pentecost Sunday this year is on May 31st. And wouldn't it be interesting if this lockdown that we have again, who knows if it's going to be end of April, but wouldn't it be interesting if it was the end of May and that coincided with Pentecost? And remember, the, the disciples kind of stayed together and were waiting and were preparing for the Spirit to come, but they already knew about the resurrection. They knew that everything was going to be different, right? Jesus has, has given the commands. They're going to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, and the new future isn't going to be the same as the old. So in, a, in many ways, this is a reset for us. The past is gone. It's always gone anyway, but we really remember this because we're all kind of in this frozen space and things are going to be different on the other side. And that's good news. And that's the gospel, right? Because as soon as when Jesus's resurrection, it wasn't just business as usual. They didn't just go back to being the disciples and following Jesus around. Suddenly they're getting sent into the Roman world to change the world. So things are going to be different when it opens up and we need to be ready. And this is where I think this Joshua text can help us. Let me just say a couple of words. You know, courage is the key that unlocks the door to the future of God's dreams. Don't ever think for a second that the disciples were somehow superhumans or superheroes. They were just like us. But they had, and they had an experience of Jesus' resurrection, and they were filled with the same Holy Spirit that God sends to us today. 
It takes courage. Courage is the key that unlocks the door to the future of God's dreams. The ancients knew this. They talked a lot about courage, right? It's a, it's a, and, and in Joshua, the words, be strong and courageous. It's about resolve. It's about becoming resolute on a mission, focused, committed, knowing that one necessary thing that you need to do and doing it regardless of what it feels like. The ancients valued courage. Like Aristotle said, courage is the first human quality first of human qualities, because it's the, the quality which guarantees the others. Mark Twain, and more recently said, courage is, the, is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not the absence of fear. And that's important, right? Because fear constricts us. Don't ever think for a second that those earliest disciples weren't afraid. Because everybody's afraid. Courage doesn't mean you're not afraid. Courage means that you're 100% locked into something bigger and you're willing to feel the discomfort of fear, but you act anyway. And that's what God's calling us to. When this thing breaks open, I want to be a person of courage. I want to be ready to go back into the world and fully be the person that God created me to be in as a church. What if we get the resurrection and we become world changers all over again when the new world breaks open. Courage is the key. And look at the Joshua passage, and I'll just do this quickly. Moses is dead. So again, the past is gone. Joshua has to lead this people. And who are these people? They don't have a great track record. They've been wandering 40 years. Again, this is the generation that's now raised up, and they've had some success in the Transjordan. But still, they didn't have a great track record. The last time they've tried to go into the promised land, utter failure, right? So Joshua has to lead these folks. And the first, if you go back to the Joshua text, the first thing that you need if we want to have courage is notice that God's people, that Joshua and God, God gives them a compelling future. And they commit to it. I'll give you two C's. So they commit to a compelling future. God says every place where you put your feet, this huge swath of land, walk into that and you have this great future. Jesus's future is even big. Go into all the world, right? So if we want to be ready to step into God's future, begin to imagine even now a bigger, better brighter future than the one that you thought existed even back in February. And today, commit to that compelling future that God calls us to. A future on the other side of all the ghost towns that we see all around us. The second thing is cultivate. Again, we can move beyond fear and embrace courage because God's with us. And that's one of the themes that runs through this text all the way that God is powerfully present with God's people. But that's been true for thousands of years, but we don't always live like that. So commit to God's compelling future. And then what is Joshua? What's Joshua's response? He has to cultivate new habits, new skills. And what skills, knowledge, attitudes, habits do we need to embrace now? Joshua's was to embrace a courage to read. He was to study the book of the law. He was to cultivate a deeper relationship with God. 
So how about you? What do you need to cultivate right now to be ready? The third C that goes with courage is consistency because Joshua was to read scripture day and night, but get back to the compelling future. What did Joshua have to do to get the land? God wasn't just handing it to him. It was to be consistent. You read the book of Joshua. They had to consistently move into the land. They needed to take action. They weren't just going to sit back and be inactive. Yeah, God has the future 100% under control, and it's going to be awesome and beautiful and love and mercy and peace and justice and all those things we value. But we have to walk into it. Consistency. And then the Joshua text teaches Joshua that he needs to connect because this isn't a solo act. We're not lone Christians. We're the people of God, right? And so Joshua has to connect with his team to his community. So connect to community. Don't let yourself get isolated. We're part of something bigger. And one of the things I love about this, you know, I've never preached in the Estes Chapel, but here I am from Orlando, literally from my living room, speaking to all of you wherever you are. Connect with community. And when you read Joshua 1 as a whole, Joshua then goes and has a conversation with the, with, with the gathered Israelites. And it's amazing at the end of, uh, of Joshua 1, the people themselves say back to Joshua, we're going to follow you, only be strong and courageous. So connect with a community that's going to be with you in mission, that's going to support you in mission, and it's going to be part of God's hands, God's feet, God's mouthpieces. Again, it's 50 days till Pentecost. What's it going to look like if we really embody the resurrection message? The disciples waited for the Spirit. They allowed the past to die because there's something new that's going to emerge. That excites me. I want to be ready. I want to be ready when the world breaks open again. It's going to be a new day. It's going to be God's new day. Courage is the key that unlocks the door to the future of God's dreams. Commit to a bigger brighter, better future on the other side of this. Cultivate the habits of holiness that will allow you to be light and hope in a world right now that's covered in darkness. Consistently take action. That means even now, consistently take action now. Don't sit back. Work on soul-enhancing habits and not simply stress-relieving habits, which are so tempting right now. Be consistent. Connect and build communities of, God, with, of God's future. Friends, Jesus is alive. That's the good news. We know that. We already knew that. We knew that up here. But maybe for the first time in 2020, we're going to get it down here and we're going to live in light of that. Jesus is alive and Jesus invites us to live again on the other side of fear anxiety, distress. Courage is the key that unlocks the future of God's dreams. It's been my absolute privilege to share this with you this morning. Live by faith, be known by love, and be a voice of hope in a world that desperately needs it. Amen, and may God bless you.